Welcome to Improperly Packaged, the show where we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. I'm Jordan. With me is Luke. How are you? Wow, wow. Oh. Came in fast. Coming in in hot. hot. The hot take. Bringing it really hot with that bow, chicka, wow, wow. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's all right. I stepped on your toes. No, 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 no. You are my toes. We're back. What? What am I saying? (laughs) I don't know. That might have to do with what I uh, watched. No. <laughs> there were toes involved. Oh. Huh. That's the most confusing teaser. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. That teaser big, got me. Big toes. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. No, I can't wait. What That's is it? silly. What is it? Um, it's a little movie called The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then The Bigfoot. Okay, so they're they're it's a Sam Elliott big joint, toe. Joint. I've seen this on, not I haven't seen this movie, but I've seen it on Netflix saying hello, I'm a movie or maybe Hulu, one of those. And I said, wow, yeah, now that's it, a title. I think it is Hulu. Yeah, there's a bunch of movies on Hulu. I didn't realize were there because right. I don't check Hulu enough. So I guess that's why I noticed it. But oh my gosh, yeah. how was it? I've been I've been looking eyeballing this thing. Been like, oh my gosh, it's worth a watch. Okay, I would definitely I'd give it that. I mean, Sam Elliott. I mean, he's legit. Oh yeah, man. That man's been around Hollywood for so long. I feel like he hasn't gotten enough credit. When he's a good actor, was there he... was something hmm. I saw. Oh, Roadhouse. That's what I saw. I saw that a couple weeks ago. I don't even think I mentioned that on the podcast. So I oh, saw Roadhouse, everybody. <laughs> but Roadhouse. Yeah, that's a really good movie. That's that's a classic that I'd never seen. I have never seen it. That's a Van Damme. Is it? No. no. It's uh. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? He's dead. Don't put baby in a corner. Don't. That's it. <laughs> that's it. What's his name? No one knows. He got Luke. sick. No one knows. He's not a famous He's not actor alive at all. Anymore. He was Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Ugh. You poor fella. Uh, I hate when that happens. He's a great actor. Yeah. But Roadhouse, really good movie. A lot of kicking. Roadhouse. And Sam Elliott was another one of the bouncers along with Patrick Swayze. He was like one of the legends in the movie. So I'm in this I'm very moment. you haven't seen it. I know, me too. You need to watch it. I'm in this very moment trying to... So many movies he's been in. I'm trying to look at a picture of him young. I'm trying to imagine it. But... He's, he's young in Roadhouse. Really? He looks... I mean... He's actually still surprisingly old, but he doesn't have he's a beard. so much younger than he is now. He, he doesn't have white hair. Growing up to his cheekbones. Like yeah. I feel like he's had white hair for so long. And is he related to Bigfoot? He's, he's a, so he's a hairy man. Um, but yeah, so uh, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Sam Elliott. It's just kind feature. of a it's kind of a life story of Sam Elliott. Um, he's, you know, this American spy who took this crazy journey to get to Hitler. And then he gets, that's like, I mean, it's pretty early on in the movie, so I'm hoping I'm not spoiling anything, but no, go ahead. That, you know, (laughs) I mean, you can kind of tell by the title of the movie that he's going to kill Hitler, but yeah. So he, he's just this really cool spy that just does these cool things and then ends up getting called in to hunt down Bigfoot. Yeah, as you as, do as the second half of the movie and sir as there's a man who a, there's killed a really Hitler. cool i think it's a really interesting the way they explain both of these things because obviously these are alternate realities um but it's just it's neat the way they explain the hitler thing away there's like this cool scene where sam elliott's like explaining why no one knows that hitler got killed 
there's kind of a cool cool reason that I think well, it's pretty legitimate. And I mean, it, it it's feasible, I guess. So they're not doing it like say it. they're not doing it like an inglorious bastard style, where it's like an alternate history. They're like, no, no, no it ha- everyone thinks it's it like an alternate way. history, but with an explanation of why it is part of history, and I we see. just don't know it. And yeah. then the Bigfoot thing, they don't really explain why Bigfoot's a real thing, but they at least I thought come up with a reasonable reason why they need to kill him. So. He's a menace, it's, Luke. It's, it's pretty cool. I want to check it out. It, yeah. it, it's like one of those things where I'm like, is this horrible? It's one of, It can go with a title like that. It can go either it's, it's amazing. It's definitely not horrible. Or it's horrible. Okay, so it's I don't it's know if it's good. amazing. But okay, my, my th- hypothesis is It's somewhere is just short of amazing. Oh, it's wow. It's definitely worth watching. Okay. Um, Hulu, you say? You know, if, if you like that kind of movie. But, you know, it's, it's, it's got some action. It's, it's kind of an adventure movie. All right. It's, it's a cool life story. From from young to old, kind of just goes through Sam Elliott's character's whole like dynamic. I just looked up yeah. pictures of young Sam Elliott. Remarkable. He got yeah. he got a mustache early in life. He yeah. adopt he really made that his thing quick. He's a good actor. I hope more people give him a chance. He was he was great in A Star Is Born. Yeah, of course the Big Lebowski. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> oh my! I need gosh. to see. It. I do. Yeah, we need to check that one out together. That'll be what I watched. In the coming Ooh, episode, all right. hopefully, <laughs> one day, one week, guys, tune in. Eighty nine, man, he still looked old for that movie being that old. Yeah, Roadhouse. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got that old face quick. Yeah, he did. It's the hair too that does it a lot. It's his, it's his choices. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Started to I turn still think old. he's a good-looking fellow. Yeah, I mean, he's he's handsome in that rugged kind of way that he's made of leather, you know. So he's made of leather. Yeah, a man made of leather. Who is that texting you? That was actually the front door unlocking. Oh, okay. So, Who's that breaking into the house <laughs> <laughs> with a key? <laughs> so how about you, Jordan? What you oh, been dude, up to? I've been I've been watching and playing a lot actually. So I'm going to try That's to run good. through this as quick as I can. All right, first up. Oh, I'm going to slow down a little bit. I'm sorry. Okay, first up, I finished The Boys, Amazon original TV series. You know, it's good. How long was it? Eight episodes. It's an okay. easy watch. It's kind of the new new length. Yeah. And you know, it's like the, Stranger Things. The weird thing about this one, I did feel like it could be longer. I mean, I'm sure these episodes are pretty expensive to make. I mean, it looks good. It's a good-looking show. Are they longer episodes? Uh, no, they're they're about an hour each or, or an hour or a so, little bit less. Yeah, that's what I mean by longer. Like, yeah, They're yeah. kind of like Game of thrones Exactly. Length. But, yeah, I mean, it, it ends well, but I kind of feel like it's one of those endings where some shows, like, do a cliffhanger. Some have, like, a bit of re- resolution but mm-hmm. teases for the future. This is a weird, like, in-between. Huh. You know, and, and it made me feel so like, oh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> no, I'm not going to spoil it. But check it out if and only if you can handle the very sometimes uh, disturbing subject matter. matter. Mainly violence. It's very violent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some, yeah. It made me go, oh, it's like Sin City point. moment. Yeah. Sin City. Uh, Is it that bad? What? Is it really as bad as Sin City? It's worse. Really as violent? There's, a, there's some parts. Sin City's pretty bad. I know, but there's Maybe some parts. Cutting fools up. Yeah, there's some cutting fools up, and there's some smushing. <laughs> there's some people getting smushed, Luke. Wait, are we talking about like the sex or like smushed to death? Um, the kids are calling maybe, it smushing nowadays. Maybe Jordan. both. I'm saying. I was gonna say. I'm gonna say this. Smushed to death. Ye- in the sexy way. I'm gonna go ahead and say yes, but no. <laughs> 
us, but no. Uh, the people who have seen it, what you is will going understand. on in this show? Yeah, there's a pretty <laughs> messed up death. But anyways, I I enjoyed it. I think the characters are really good. The acting is good. The acting yeah. is very good. Uh, the guy who plays Homelander, which is basically the, it's like an evil Superman, basically just a just kind of really. But right. he's good. He's well written character, and he's really well acted. He's <laughs> wow. But yeah, I, I highly. I'm gonna go ahead it. and say I didn't think this show looked that good. Yeah, I mean, so I get it, but but cause, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I don't know that it wasn't good, but. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd probably know whether or not how, how you want to continue in, like, the first episode. If yeah. you see the first episode and you're like, I'm intrigued, mm-hmm. then you'll like it. If you see the first episode and you're like, nope, then, yeah, then it's not for you. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I'd say to people who are interested in, like, superhero stuff, if you like Watchmen, if like if it's, like, a brighter color palette, Watchmen, Watchmen. Yeah. yeah, then check it out. It's a it's similar kind of thing, maybe a little bit less politicking. And uh, more killing. <laughs> but politicking. Hey, more politicking. <laughs> All right, next up, I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Luke, you, you talked go. about that uh, last week. Finally. Yeah, yeah. I watched it on a Friday night, and I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was very good. Um, It's one of those movies that during the movie, I didn't know I was going to like it as much as I did. Because <laughs> it... It's me grew on you, huh? Yeah, it's meandering in parts, and yeah. it's definitely a little too long. There's some parts that they really either getting a little overly indulgent on. They could have cut out some stuff, but I think when it all comes together and you kind of figure out where it's going, it works a lot better. So, in like thinking about the movie and like probably on like subsequent viewings, I'll probably enjoy the movie even more. But yeah, I, I thought it was very enjoyable. The leads are great. I think. Oh my gosh! I think. Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, they're at their, I think they're at their best here. I think they're very good. They're very likable oh, yeah. in this movie. Leonardo, to me, was like the shining star in this movie. Well, yeah. He's he, so good. Just a good character. I think they they did a really, he did a really good job at Quentin Tarantino, that is. And just, he does this a lot, making just really good, unique characters, which they, it's not like one of those things where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they have this one weird quirk. You feel like you understand a part of them without having the whole story or, with, you know, without spending a massive amount of time with them. Yeah. And, yeah. And I thought they were very likable, really well acted. Oh, yeah. And just, yeah, the, the movie, it ended up being a lot of fun. I, I, this isn't a spoiler, I don't think, but. You know, the, during the time period, I think it actually kind of helps if you know that a lot of what where this movie is kind of going and what it is about is is kind of centered around the time of the Manson family, the Manson family murders, and um, kind of knowing that. And the, I'd say, like, the, if you have more knowledge of what was involved, it does help. It helps with the movie because after yeah. I don't, I didn't. When I saw the movie, I knew. Who you know, like when Manson showed up, I was like, "Oh, there's definitely some characters that I don't think people are going to recognize." Yeah, because I I definitely didn't recognize it. There's some side characters. Yeah, it's like, wait, who's that? To know the history, it helps. And so, if you're thinking about looking uh, or seeing this movie, I would say, yeah, maybe look at what happened with the Manson family murders. I think and like what happened leading up to it too, like all the early stuff. I think, yeah, it would definitely like. Because this is a slightly altered version of it in several ways, but mm-hmm. it's like it'd be cool to just be familiar with who these people are. Like, what do they do? Like, why are they important? You know, wh- where are they in Hollywood? Because yeah. even I had like looked up some of that stuff, but I still wasn't as familiar with, you know, some of the lesser characters. I was like, wait, who's that? They're talking about him, but I'm not sure who that is. Yeah, I had like passing familiarity. Of course, I know who the Charles Manson is, and like know some of like what he did, but the specifics yeah. I didn't really know. And when I looked it up, it elevated 
certain scenes at the time when I was watching the movie, I thought were pointless. But after yeah. kind of learning more, I was like, oh, yeah. well, that point has a lot. That scene has a lot more meaning. And like Margaret Robbie and her whole like friend group. Like, exactly. To me, like that, that was the part that was a little confusing to me. I wasn't sure who was who there. And, yeah. And yeah. I was like, why are we watching this? Like, that why are we be better to be educated? Coming yes. Out? You know why they're spending so much time on yeah. that part, knowing kind of one, a little bit of what the movie's about and also what happened in actual history. And it, it makes the ending a lot more like lethargic just to kind of <laughs> and enjoyable as well to kind of see how things do unfold. But yeah, I, I, if you like Quentin Tarantino, I uh, absolutely recommend this movie, even if you don't and you're okay with uh, maybe a little bit of, <laughs> of uh, brutality. Uh, not a lot, not throughout the movie. Just leave three quarters of the way in and you'll be good. <laughs> oh my God, that stuff is <laughs> great though. Not just the brutality yeah. in and of itself, just the the suspense of it all, just how it yeah. all plays out. It's fun. It, it's it's a good movie. And I, I'd say uh, one of the things that like jumped out at me when I saw this movie was just how Quentin has a way of making someone who's just walking up to a front door like very interesting yeah like entertaining to just watch like somebody just walk up he'll like film it in this like interesting way with these angles and it's like i don't know like the movie opens on that that poster you remember that mm-hmm. and it's like you don't even know what is going on with that and it's like for for the rest of the movie you're like thinking back on that poster because of like the way he like zoomed in on it and like yeah. slowly panned out and like revealed what was going on i think that's one of his strong points other than his writing, which is which is good as well. Yeah, he's. It's one of those things when you see a new Quentin Tarantino movie, after maybe not seeing one for a while, you're like, oh my gosh, this guy. Yeah. He's a. It's a you know, he's still eight. I think was his last one. Yeah, yeah, which was also good, but. That was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> it was a crazy ride of a movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, but yeah, he he knows his stuff. There hasn't been a, just a Tarantino movie that I have not liked. To some degree, yeah. So, but yeah, this is very good. Uh, check it out. Um, another one I saw in theaters uh, a few days ago: "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark." This it looked too scary for me. Yeah, I would say there has some. There's some scary parts. I'd say it's an interesting movie, but it's not. Here's the. Here's what I'm saying here. <laughs> okay, so it's as far as like how rote the actual story is, and like kind of how paint by numbers it is as a horror movie as like oh it's a ghost doing a bunch of stuff oh let's we're you know a bunch of people are getting killed oh let's find out the history of what happened and then oh try to reconcile with it's so overdone and it's uninteresting to me um but it's unique in the fact that this is basically goosebumps not only in like yeah. not only in what the story is and like how they do like kind of how the goosebumps was a family movie it's not a yeah. it's not a horror movie in the slightest it's more of a comedy maybe yeah it's a comedy a family movie and and so this is not this is a horror movie but it's based off like a a young adult uh stories that like kids would check out the library maybe when they're in high school or something mm. and so it's a unique in the way where it goes in the middle. It's not this R-rated slasher hardcore movie, but it's not Goosebumps. It's it's like a scary movie <laughs> mm-hmm. for kids. And when I say kids, I mean PG-13. We're not, we're not talking like Exorcism of Emily Rose or something. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something like Saul. It's not it's not gory or scary enough <laughs> to be like in those categories. And so that it's, is kind of unique. Exactly. Usually it's. Oh my god! You know, very yeah. scary, very leaning heavily. Or into this. really silly. Yeah, this is a movie about 
kids Jack Black's Ghostbumps. Exactly. <laughs> like probably the the age of the kids who are in the movie are probably around the age of the kids who this movie's made for. And so it's kind of like in the middle. Like it's for P, it's PG-13. So it's 13 for kids 13 and up. And yep. so it's unique in that way. I will say that. But teenage horror. Yeah. It, it was okay. I I thought it was a, I was a little bored by it at some point uh just because it was just so, so like So you find the genre that it filled more interesting it sounds like. Exactly. I was like this is interesting that this is kind of a scary movie for a younger audience and it doesn't it's not so dark and so demented that it's yeah. like it's before like a an older person were violent or full of a lot of R-rated stuff. No, it's this is pretty much goosebumps with an edge. Pretty much is, is is what it is, and and you know I was like okay, all right, that's fine, cool. That's interesting that that exists, and you know it wasn't. I, I didn't find it particularly scary, <laughs> just no. as a movie, because again, I think it's more right for that kind of. Age I group. would kind of like something like that. Yeah, maybe another entry would be better in this. Maybe Some, somebody I, else give this kind of genre a try. I'm I'm hearing the criticism of this movie, and I'm I'm with it that most people are saying it should be more of an anthology story, like because it's based on an anthology book. It's about like short stories. Mm-hmm. It's a compilation of short stories, and so it should have been that. But yeah. they have this like plot that kind of weaves it all together or whatever, and that's not it's not interesting. The mm. when the when you can tell they're going into the short stories, it becomes oh this is kind of cool, but but yeah, it, it's just it it just feels kind of. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, I'm playing more. I'm, I'm actually playing stuff now. Um, I picked up Fire Emblem Three Houses for the Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Um, relatively new. It's been out for probably a better half of a month at this point. Um, it, I've not played a Fire Emblem game ever. This will be my first one, so I'm Very not... Very popular from what I hear. Yeah. I, I've, <laughs> gosh, have, like most people, like most people in America... My introduction to the Fire Emblem series was through Smash Bros. Yeah. When I'm playing Melee, I'm like, who are these guys? Right. Who are these anime sword characters? Yeah. And so, like, they started coming here, but I never jumped on board because most of them have been portable systems. Mm-hmm. I think there was one on the GameCube, and I think maybe one Big, like, DS games, right? Yeah, DS mainly, yeah. And, um, and so now it's coming to Switch, and I heard the praise, and I kind of heard what the game's like. And it intrigued me because I just got done playing Persona, a little bit ago and there's a lot of persona in this game hmm. apparently it's the first of its of a of first for the series to be like this there's a lot of hanging out <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> like because the, the premise of the of the game is you're a teacher it's like you know the kind of setting of, of fire emblem it's like a f- fantastical kind of swords and sorcerers right. kind of world yeah. and so you're a teacher at a monastery who basically is a not a teacher of like academics but for soldiers, for mm-hmm. like nobility and people of note. And so you can pick between three houses to, to teach at the beginning of the game. And it kind of branches you off on a different path. And so you, throughout the, your week, you have like a calendar where you can keep track of your students, bond with them, teach them certain stuff, grow their skills in certain areas. And always at the end of the month, there'll be a mission. And you go on a mission and it's a, it's a RPG strategy. So if you've played XCOM... Or anything like that. You can think that a little bit. It's like that yeah. with a big story. Real, I know XCOM has a story, but this is like a big JRPG story. But yeah, if you like strategy games and you're also cool with like a really character-focused um, 
RPG like story, I'd say yeah, check it out. I'm really enjoying it. I mean, this is it's kind of my thing. I this isn't something as, games always get good reviews. Yeah, and, and now and this one because I'm I've never been a big strategy game person. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying yeah. how this is this is, but. I'm really into games that focus heavily on the characters and interacting with characters and that mixed with the strategy. It really, it it adds something when I'm like sending someone into battle. I'm like, you do this, but I'm actually worried. Like I'm, I do not want that character to die. I'm invested in this character. I like this character. And so it has that thing. It's a way of drawing you into strategy through the things you already like. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not like sleeping through it because I want to succeed. I yeah. want each character to grow and succeed <laughs> and not die because permadeath is a thing in this game. Yeah. You can turn it on and off at the beginning of the game. But yeah, if a character dies, they're gone. I mean, yeah. you, you have ways to avoid it. They give you a lot of ways to avoid it. But if you're careless, and so <laughs> I don't I don't think I want to face this. And so I'm trying to be very careful. <laughs> I haven't lost a person yet. So um this is uh we'll probably talk a lot more about this next week but it's, it's what i'm thinking about <laughs> more than what i'm playing but i'm really looking forward to no man's skies update hmm. it's actually at the time of this recording it's coming out tomorrow <laughs> and so um okay so i don't even know where to start <laughs> because this is a game no man's sky it's been out it came out 2015 long time crazy. ago this game has such a crazy story yeah it came out pissed off the world i i was playing at day one i was like promised way too much promised over promised under delivered yeah and and, it, and it's basically reviled throughout the gaming industry for the first like year and then it started and they weren't saying anything like as as a development team and they started releasing updates that yeah. slowly started to flip the script on the game where like first it was like little additions were like well you know that's cool but whatever you know and then okay you know it starts to draw you in and now it's at a point where it's added so much as as far as like visual updates things you can do in the game mission story multiplayer base building it's added so much that it's it's hard to deny and a lot a lot of people are enjoying it i'm enjoying it i got back into it in a huge way and so yeah. Yeah, and now it's they say their biggest update yet is coming. I mean, VR is a big part of it. I don't have a VR headset, so <laughs> that's not big for me, but that's pretty big for uh mm-hmm. the VR community and oh, yeah. also this game. They're expanding multiplayer in a big way where before like when multiplayer started in the game it was super limited mm-hmm. and then it became more advanced. And now this is a big leap forward where it feels Fully, fully integrated, not just like we added this on. But So are you fighting against people? How, how does the multiplayer work? So before how it would work, it's really you can have four players at a time. And that was it before. And you can join a party. And yeah, you, it, this game is all about like making your own fun for the most part. But there are missions you can go on yeah. together and, and accomplish personal goals together and just basically play together. It's all about base building, basically. Is that the goal of what you're getting for the mission completion um no, really i mean that's just one part of what you can do it could be about it what you want to do it's in like the collecting game. resources though like that's the a lot of its resources that's for sure but 
when it comes, a lot of people have different goals. Some people are all into exploring and just going further and finding new places. Some people are about harvesting and just getting material and getting money. And some people are about building their freighter, making their freighter more formidable. Some people are about finding that perfect S-class ship or maybe about finding the perfect weapon. And some people are about building these like city-like bases (laughs) that they make on their planets. Um, and so it just really depends. There's, it's very open-ended. There is a story that they added um, that you can kind of leisurely go through, which is engaging enough. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I. It, but now what they're doing is they're kind of make they've the creator rifts like openly off Destiny. He said, "Imagine this being like the is it the Tower? Is what was it called in Destiny? Yeah, the Tower. Yeah, and so they're making there's something like that called the Nexus, where everyone can kind of come together mm-hmm. and share content." go on missions together. He says like, he even called, he called out again, go on fire teams together. <laughs> they, they've expanded it from being four people to like 32 wow. or something like that. So it's, they're almost huge. like they're going the MMO route, but yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff they're adding. They're adding all sorts of stuff to this update. Like a lot of it's a mystery too. And so we'll, <laughs> I'll find out tomorrow and I'll, I'll let you know. But right now I'm just kind of, <laughs> cause what, how it will work is an update will happen and I'll play it like crazy and then I'll stop for a while and maybe yep. an update will be released and then a big one after that then I'll come back and play another 60 hours and so wow. I've, I've put a, you know, a couple hundred hours into the game and I, I and these are free DLCs right? everything's been free Yeah, there's nothing you That's can buy in big, this game another big thing about it yeah it's uh, they've gotten a lot of good faith from that I yeah. think you know a lot of the people who feel burned rightfully so I will say you over promise and you don't do it yeah they should be some sort of blowback as far as, you know, people... It'd be hard to come back with another game after that. I know. Nobody would trust you in the next project. Yeah. But, yeah, this is a crazy... So they kind of had to do this. Yeah. I feel for it to be success- successful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I would... I, I Kudos to them. I mean, like, to be like, no, this is our legacy. We've, we will not let our legacy be like we overpromised a game and we failed. And now they're at this point where they flip the script and people are excited. Like they, people were excited at the last update, but it's like it's growing and like it's getting more and more people into it. But I, I would say, Luke, this would be a good time to check it out. It's on Xbox, yeah, and it's uh, not as expensive as it was. It's probably greatly reduced in price, probably at least. I don't, I don't really know how much it is right now, but there's a lot to do, a lot of fun to be had, and just a lot of cool stuff to dig into, especially. Especially now. I mean, my experience is I'm getting like these updates like as we go, even with these massive updates when I'm like, whoa, I can't imagine what it's like for someone kind of stepping into it for the yeah. first time. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. It's very interesting. But that's definitely what I'm going to be playing as far as that. I'm going to probably be playing that tomorrow night. <laughs> for sure. Anyways, yeah. Let's, uh, so Luke, this, uh, this episode uh, was something I've been, we've been talking about doing a topic on for a while Mm -hmm. it'd be you know whatever good a time as ever to talk about it i suppose yeah next gen as far as the the consoles are concerned i mean at least uh for sony and microsoft i mean nintendo's probably not going to be thinking about that for another couple years and they're like in a who who even knows who even knows it's hard to predict what nintendo's gonna do they're in a they're in a world of their own tomorrow exactly (laughs) they're a place of their own they're not in the same Almost like air arena. It's it's very strange it's, uh, how it's evolved that way. I know. Yeah, it's not what it was at like GameCube because GameCube was like a direct competitor to mm-hmm. Xbox and PS2. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. PS2, Xbox, GameCube. Yeah, such a different time. And then, of course, the Sega, Nintendo years. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's kind of a two console and then a third prong. It's and it comes <laughs> out off like the side. in the middle. Like it always comes out in the. It seems to come out in the middle of the console yeah, life cycle. I, to me, it's it kind of feels like Nintendo does have a following in the U.S., but they have like a very dedicated following in the rest of the world, especially Japan, mm-hmm. that just yeah. kind of keeps them sustained no matter what at this point. Because yeah. they just don't have enough competition overseas to really, you know, take them down. I mean, there's not a Jap- another Japanese company. I mean, Sega Sega's a game, you know, what, they're a game printing company. You know, they help produce games. But other, yeah. than, other than that, like, I mean, they're not, they're certainly not a console maker anymore. And who else is there to compete with them, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, Sony, I guess, is a Japanese company as well, but they don't make the same kind of games that compete with, with the Nintendo games. So yeah, they haven't tapped into the Japanese market the way. Uh, Nintendo yeah, has. Sony, Sony is what Microsoft is. They're, you know, they make the general console to make, you know, the as close to photorealistic games as as they can. And Nintendo isn't even going after that. And no, I always thought it was a mistake, but maybe it was the right choice in the end, as yeah. we've seen over the last three consoles. I mean, apart from Wii U, which I just think was kind of a misstep, just because mm-hmm. they, they didn't really give gamers what they wanted, I think, with that kind of thing. You know, the Wii was, I think, a new interesting take that ended up being a, a huge success, and then Wii U was a misstep, and then the Switch was, you know, a new fresh take that people have enjoyed. So Yeah. I've it's, rebought it's interesting. games that I already own on PlayStation 4 yeah. on the Switch. Just because of the accessibility, right? It's a wild thing. I'm, I would have never even considered doing that for the Wii U. Ever. 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 <laughs> Am I clear? And so it, that, that is a kind of a special position they found themselves in. But I'm as we talk about, I wonder what kind of area they're going to be in. You know, Because yeah. there's that understanding when you buy something for the Switch that it's not going to look quite as yeah. pretty. As it does on the uh, Which is so strange because it's actually the most current console of all. I know. <laughs> At least on the calendar. Yeah, they've just gone in a completely different direction as far as that concerned. They made other things Choosing priorities. it to be mobile, I mean, that just... Yeah. That, you know, slit its throat when it was, to, for, for power at least. Yeah, just, yeah. They, you know, they just chose to go after a different market. People who want to take their games with them and, you know, have that portability. They, mm-hmm. To me, they really... It's, it's interesting because their gamer... Their games really aren't what like mainstream media would call like gamer games you know like world of warcraft or you know call of duty or like gamer games yeah like like Fortnite's more of like a general gaming game but like nintendo games are more like what you would think think like a smaller audience or like you know a casual gamer might play but that's really not true it just it seems like that from the outside i think mm-hmm. to the mainstream media but Nintendo sees that there is this other group of people who don't enjoy the gamer games. You know, they don't enjoy the the World of Warcrafts and the and the shooters. You would be a good example, I think, of that. Someone yeah. who who enjoys adventure games and more more whimsical games, more fun games, games that aren't you know post apocalyptic and mm-hmm. games that aren't as sad and and there's clearly an audience for that. And yeah, Nintendo, I think so they, they have doubled on that a lot of fans. Where there's the type type of games, like the gamer games that you're talking about, that a lot of people look at and immediately stand to attention and be like, what is that? I want to play it. But 
for those 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 games at fans. That's mm-hmm. the interesting thing. Exactly. Less so of the console, but more so of the game. Exactly. Like Zelda, once a Zelda, every Zelda fan is going to stand to attention when a Zelda game's announced or when a Zelda game's coming to the console, a new console. But um, if you're outside of that, that's just kind of how it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're if it's not, it just can be just not for you. But and it, it will continue to not be as they go on because it will continue to make Zelda, continue to make Mario, Pokemon, and Fire Emblem, and you know, and other, and other stuff like that. And they'll get ports of some of that stuff. Right. Not all. They're never gonna. They're not gonna. There's no Call of Duty coming to Switch. Yeah. It's just it's not going to happen. To me, it's very interesting if Nintendo, though, had gone the route that they've been going, but also at the same time focused on making sure that their power was up to date. What a behemoth they might be. Yeah. Because to me, like, my needs would be perfectly met by a Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. if it was powerful enough and gave me what I wanted out of my Xbox and had, you know, the controller, which I think... From what I understand, the Pro Controller is very similar to the Xbox controller, and it would probably yeah. meet my needs for playing my shooter games, and then I would be able to play something like Breath of the Wild, which I've wanted to play, but just mm-hmm. haven't gotten a chance, you know? Yeah. You, you're playing your console, so I can't I can't borrow it, and I don't feel like investing $300 to play one game. <laughs> yeah. There's not that many games, you know, I would probably play Smash Brothers a little bit, but I don't know, it's just, it's an interesting place that I think... It would have been an interesting alternate reality if, I would say, at the Wii, which was, I think, the... the, You know, it happened a little bit at GameCube, but it really, at the Wii, I I would say, was the biggest point at which Nintendo decided, like, we're going to come out with a console that just fills the need that we want to fill and not the need that the general market is asking for that Sony and Microsoft are going after at this point. Mm -hmm. And they're trying. They're trying to, as far as uh, getting a little bite of that audience. They're trying to make accessible options as far as oh you don't want to spend three hundred dollars but you do want to experience breath of the wild or mario odyssey here's the switch light or whatever but i also think that's kind of a mistake because it takes away part of the functionality that makes the switch special being able to dock to the television and so i think they are always on to something when it comes to that but then they take a few steps back that prevent them from getting to that place that kind of you're talking about, which would pique your interest. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a phone was going off. Oh, no, maybe <laughs> um, oh it is. I'm, a bit, I'm blowing up. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Anyways, I think we've kind of addressed Nintendo enough. That's where they are here. I think the main conversation here is Sony and, and Microsoft and mm-hmm. what, what the future of that looks like because we really don't know where Nintendo's going. And. It'll be interesting to see when and if you know Nintendo announces something in the next year or so, maybe to to come alongside the release of the PlayStation Five and the Xbox, whatever in the world. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and like so, as far as these consoles go, when it comes to when it comes to their new releases, it's as far as their consoles are, it's kind of it, it is. We are talking about this probably more than a year in advance and i think that's a it's a fun topic to have sometimes when it's there's a lot of unknowns things will obviously probably be clear come eth come this time next year we'll know a microsoft lot microsoft just said holiday so my my guess would be that's somewhere around november 1st mm-hmm. to december 20th or something i would yeah. say would be maybe the latest date they would ever i can't imagine 20th but 
you know, probably first week of December if, if at the latest. Yeah, and Sony hasn't released a window, but you can imagine they'll be months apart from each other, just like a few I months. I would guess usually. early November, maybe late yeah. October. They want to get in there before Black Friday, I would say at least two or three weeks, so they make sure and be well-stocked. So Yeah, Christmas time. So we're looking at about a month and or a year and maybe four months, something mm-hmm. like that at this point. So a lot of things that we, a lot of unknowns out there at this point. Yeah, so I think that really pretty much leaves us with, one, what we know, and two, what do we want that's unknown. Yeah, right. And so first, Luke, uh, you, you are well-versed in this more than I am as far as what makes these systems go and, and, and you know, to push the power <laughs> that we want out of them. So yeah. what, as far as these consoles, what is so far as what you can see, what is setting them apart from what we have now? Um. So AMD has been the chip manufacturer for both consoles for the last, at least the last generation. I think maybe the last two generations. I think AMD was in the 360 as well. Okay. But uh, so AMD has kind of been pushing and pushing their R&D department to come up with, you know, better and better versions of their GPU to compete with NVIDIA, who as far as I understand, being in the researching, at least in the tech field, as much as I enjoy finding out stuff and videos of the king at this point, they just, they have better tech, you know, they have a better architecture that creates, you know, more power and creates better graphics. Are they what people are using in like PCs and stuff? They're, they're, NVIDIA is like the chip to buy. Okay. When you, when you go to get a GPU, you buy an NVIDIA chip. Mm. And so, the only reason AMD really has been able to stay in the business is because NVIDIA, I think, is, is a little greedy. So when NVIDIA comes to someone like Apple, NVIDIA wants to be able to highly control how their chips are going to be used on the CPUs. Hmm. So Apple wants to be able to engineer these chips to work the way they want them to work. You know, that Apple's designing the software, all this stuff. So they use AMD chips because... Basically, they're like the open source of GPUs. Uh-huh. So you can you can change them the way you want to after you get them. You can add your own, you know, custom version. And so AMD, like at least from the video we saw at E3, Microsoft said that they have a custom version of the new AMD, which it's based off the RDNA GPU technology, which is a new new version of AMD's mainline chips. Um, I don't know if you remember when the Xbox One X came out. It came out with a new AMD chip at yes. that point. This was back in 2017, so it's going to be now three years old. That's crazy. <laughs> I know it is. So um, the RDNA is just now being released for PC, and I was just watching a video on I think it was Mashable where they were breaking down the way this works, and it was it was a little over my head. So I won't try to <laughs> break it down, but. Okay. Uh, the, the main point was that um, when a GPU processes data, there's an instruction set that a GPU is based off of. And that, that instruction set is how it's able to handle certain types of data. So if that instruction set does not include older pieces of the instruction set, it means you can't play older games on it. Mm. So it's important to both Sony and Microsoft coming into this new generation that the RDNA the new RDNA GPU includes the instruction set for the new way of processing data so they can do, you know, new cool things and, and reach new levels of, of, you know, detail. 
but also include the older instructions so that it can play Xbox One, you know, Xbox 360, and you know, PS3 games, PS4 games, all the generations. But and I'll go ahead and say this <laughs> is something that's very important to me yeah. as a gamer. Yeah, I have a very archivalist mentality when it comes to a lot of games. I like everything to be together. I hate the idea of whipping out an old console that I don't play very much just so I can play an old game that's not on the new console. And, and to me, that's what's frustrating about Nintendo. I think they should allow you to be able to use the copy that you already bought oh, yeah. on your new Switch. I mean, God knows, I, I hear these horror stories of people who've bought a game on GameCube, and then they bought a game on Wii, and then on Wii U, and now yeah. on Switch. And God knows if they announce another console. So it's it's a frustrating thing. I... I, I I think it is very refreshing that the message that Microsoft came out with, I want to say it's been five years now, and mm-hmm. they came out at E3, and they said that we're going to make everything backwards compatible forever. Yes. And I think Phil Spencer is to thank for that. He's clearly been you know, a, a flag bearer for this message of everything should be backwards compatible from the very beginning of when you made games. And, and I think he's been pl- pushing PlayStation in the same direction and, and in the hopes that Nintendo would follow as well. But, I mean, Nintendo, you know, has a much longer history of doing this. So I think it would be harder for that juggernaut to move than than maybe perhaps Sony. I don't know. Just, I mean, just so- my own yeah. opinion. But I think so, too. I mean, but Sony, is a, Sony is, thank God, they're coming into it. Because they abandoned that whole idea of backwards compatibility with the PS4. Yeah. Even with the PS3, they, had, they were back compatible for the PS2 for a little bit before they took it out of their hardware and was just compatible with the PS1, which was weird. But... You know, and to me, that's a little bit of just laziness. It's it just like, we don't feel like doing this. And it's it's greedy, too. It's, again, it's like, let's make them buy. Because even if it was on the digital store they, and you had it on the PS3, they'd make you buy it again. Uh, you know, yeah. when they were like, oh, Twisted Metal Black is out on PS4. I'm like, oh, well, I have it on PS3. I should be. Yeah. No. Which makes no sense. It's it's ridiculous. I've bought. Absolutely. And and I know part of this is like new versions and new functionality, whatever. I've bought I've bought uh, Kingdom Hearts one and two at this point for like like three times. It's that's re- ridiculous. Insane. Yeah, that's insane. So, anyways, that's part of what the new AMD chip is trying to accomplish, and it seems like from what I was reading online that that it is a new technology, it is a new GPU, and it is going to do cool things, but. A little bit of that is being held back by the fact that they have to include that other stuff to to use the old stuff. So, mm, okay. whereas like AMD's trying to say that we're now even with Nvidia, they're they're just not quite there. They're they're gonna have incredible tech, but it's gonna be held back a little bit by this. And I th- and from what I understand, I I don't you know I'm not completely versed in this, but I believe Sony is doing the same thing as Microsoft, where they're going to have their own custom version of this chip. It's been true in, in you know most of the consoles so far, so I'm, okay. I have no reason to not believe that it's going to be the same thing. I, I remember PlayStation 3, the big deal was that Sony had this new special chip, and it was, you know, at that point, I don't know if you remember, but PS3 was definitely faster than the Xbox 360. Even though mm-hmm. the Xbox 360 ended up selling more consoles, that the PS3 definitely beat it in power, and you could you could tell in the graphics it was slightly better. So, I'm assuming that Microsoft and and Sony here are working on their own custom chips, hoping to beat each other out. But they, I don't think they really know. They're working in secret, you know, hoping to yeah. edge each other out. But from what I could see online, there's there's several things that are confirmed for both consoles, and those three things that I have are ray tracing. 8K video game playing. Jeez. It was in, it was in the Microsoft 
video. I went back and watched it, and Sony mentioned it in the details on that article that came out in Computer World or whatever. Yeah, there was like a lot of behind closed doors. There was there was an article, yeah, that came out that had behind the closed doors details, and and the third one was 120 frames per second. They're both saying that they're going to be able to accomplish that. So Microsoft in the last like day came out and said that their focus is frame rate and accessibility to old games. Okay. They want to make sure that their games play well, they load quickly, the frame rate is high, and they everything's easy to play at all times. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, it's hard to argue with those priorities. I think it's a, it's a stark message from them talking about, you know, watching TV and partnering up with the NFL. And, My God. Like, those are cool things, but it's like, mention those at the end, you know? Put the games, put, the, put all that stuff, and then say later... Oh, yeah, and while you're at it, you know, that's how the message should have been. Exactly. Like, These are pluses. If you like sports, if you like watching TV shows and stuff, you can also do this with your Xbox. Isn't that cool? Instead of yeah. leading off, this is the all-in-one thing. Anyways, everybody knows that. That's old news. <laughs> that's 2013. Oh, my god. The misstep Xbox made. But um, anyway, so. Long so ago. It, it's crazy. <laughs> so Xbox has confirmed, as far as I know, the only game that's confirmed I only have two games on here that I know are confirmed for the new consoles, but there may be some third-party games that are confirmed. Like, I'm not sure. Anyways, I know Halo Infinite is definitely confirmed as a a launch Xbox whatever (laughs) game, Xbox 5 (laughs) game. And uh, Gran Turismo just recently in the last day announced that they will be launching along with the PS5. So there's still a lot of a lot of details as to which games will be next gen console games. Like, um, uh, what's the what's the the big game from uh, CD Projekt Red? Oh, they, uh, like, yeah, Cyberpunk. They've said that that's a next gen game, but it's also coming out like what October, November. It's coming out later yeah. this year. There's always no, that I think crossover, it's you know, spring. where but. when the new console <laughs> comes out. This happened mainly with the last this current generation where the first when it came out we were getting like assassin's creed black flag on both on all like yeah on playstation 3 playstation 4 Xbox what's so strange is they've been waiting so long to bring out this game yeah i know why would they not just wait till the new console i I know it's strange it's one of those things where sometimes the development process happens at a certain point where you're in between it's kind of happened with breath of the wild too I mean, Breath of the Wild, like, as well, where they were making it, making it, making it, making it, making it, and here we're at the point where the next console's coming out, and okay, we're releasing it on both. Yeah. And so it's very strange. Yeah, it can it can be strange sometimes. And uh, am I wrong on this? Is it Halo Infinite, is that going to be a both kind of thing, too? Is that going to be on one Definitely. and? Okay. Oh, yeah. I thought so. All right. Oh, cool. I mean, honestly, at that point, it seems like these new consoles really hit their stride in like after like the first couple of years as far as holy crap games that that come out and just blow you away as far as now, when you say oh now we're in the new generation yeah. you know you you play the games on the new console and you're like yeah this looks better this runs better that was something that they also mentioned in the article that they were talking about what Phil Spencer had said and they said 
that they wanted the loading times to be fast, which I think we've heard. If, if you're a video gamer and you're keeping up with the recent news, that's just something that's been drilled in our heads ever since Sony started talking about the new consoles, like loading times, loading times, loading times. Yeah. I feel like that's all everyone's talked about. And I mean, who couldn't agree? I mean, who wants long loading times? Sure, They're awful. <laughs> but uh, what was interesting is Phil was talking about, like, a game will just play faster in all facets. So as a world loads, it will load much faster. So we're talking like draw draw distance that's Less much further, and, all that stuff. and more people will be able to bring it brought into the same world. Just everything will like come together much yeah. quicker, and they're saying that may be able to just increase the pace of a game. So to me, that's a perfect example of PUBG. PUBG is very much slowed down by the fact that you're waiting on everyone to load into the world, yeah. and then you're slowly dropping, and like there's no reason that all the, the dropping of the parachutes can't be much faster. There's no reason that if I die, I shouldn't be able to quickly go into the next jump, like immediately, like, oh, boop, I'm in the next game that's already, like, about to drop. All that could be much faster. I mean, Fortnite will be the example for the common audience, but yes. just, you know, the world can load faster. You can see the entire world when you're up in the airplane instead of, like, as you drop slowly, it draws where the buildings are. Mm-hmm. That's always been a frustration for me. So Yeah, it's distracting <laughs> for sure when you're seeing the world load in front of you. Yeah, and you should be able to see where everyone's dropping all over the entire map, not just the people that are in your vicinity dropping. So. Yeah. That's all about draw distance, and that's just a lack of you know GPU power. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's better on the Xbox One X. I have a launch Xbox <laughs> Xbox One, so yeah. mine I'm sure is chugging a little bit at this point. So <laughs> you're almost there, Luke. One more year, and you'll yeah. be flying with the Xbox Infinity or whatever it's going to be called. <laughs> so Cyberpunk 2077's release date is April 16, 2020, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's just it's so strange. We're wow. talking about like maybe four or five months away from the new console release. Like, Why just not wait at that point? Yeah, I wonder if their publisher is just pushing them to get it out or something. It, yeah. It just seems like you could release on both consoles just on the date of the next-gen console. Yeah, exactly. You could still get the audience of all of them, and you're not like excluding your major audience, who, of course, you have... However, freaking million people have these, <laughs> yeah. these uh, current gen consoles who are all yeah. I mean, you have game. to release on that. You, your game just wouldn't be successful. Oh my gosh, it. yeah. It's risky to be a third party system seller kind of thing, yeah. or the new console. And you're going to have a, like a half a year after that thing releases of just it coming. I wonder if Gran Turismo is only going to be on PS5 because. Yeah, that would be a scary position to be in. It's a question. There's only that only a few number of early adopters. Like me, who pre-ordered it six yeah. months before. I'm looking back at the launch of this last generation. There's just man, just exclusives were just here and there. Yeah, especially for PS4. I mean, it was like it was months after when Injustice, not Injustice, Infamous came mm-hmm. out, and that was like the first big, big uh, exclusive. And that was that's a long time to wait. But yeah, it, but it's hmm. a tough position, like you were saying. So it's probably hard for development companies to sign up to be in that position. Yeah, for Insomniac to come around and be like, "We're gonna invest in this brand new console yeah. that we know not as many people have as they have a PS3 yeah. or Xbox 360 at this point." And so I think that spot would have to be filled by an in-house studio. Yeah, usually and that it seems is. to be the direction both of these companies are going into. So yeah. just talking about buying up more studios. So that may be the way they're selling those system sellers exactly and they're they're usually the people who can make the risk anyways i mean they're investing in their own products so 
it's no skin off the developers back because they're paid for by sony or microsoft do you think we're going to see load times pretty much vanish they're saying they were saying that uh if you were to fast travel in spider-man it took anywhere as much as 25 to 30 seconds i want to say in the new from position to position in the new in in the present one the present one and the new one they're saying it'll take about a second dang that'll be weird it's pretty close (laughs) that'll be so funny because there's that got that transition scene where he's on the subway in the new one it would be like oh he's on oh never mind yeah (laughs) i guess there just won't be anything i guess so it may just be like a fade a dissolve yeah that that would be so cool that'd be amazing i mean yeah, loading time. It's just times, like a Star Wars like wipe or something. It's very rare where I'm like annoyed by loading times now these days. There's a few games still where I'm like GTA has been the one that's always been a problem. When for it boots me. up in the beginning. Oh my Oof. gosh, it takes forever. Yeah, it takes I like, mean I'm talking like five minutes. I know, it's it's extremely long. <laughs> it's <laughs> very long. I can't, the Witcher was pretty long too. Yeah. The, the the game's booting up for sure. Final Fantasy fifteen is one that comes to mind. It takes so long. Fast travel. Oh my god! And a new man, No Man's Sky takes a very long time when it starts. It's one of those like GTA. It'll yeah. be, it'll be sitting there for like a couple minutes watching. I feel like I don't play some of those games because of that. Yeah, you're like. There's been times when I'm like, I don't want to play GTA. I don't want to wait that long. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a feeling that you want to get in really quick when you play a game because you know. It's and like, you and I like we're adults. We have things to do. So exactly. I don't want to waste all our time on load times. It's one of the reasons why I like the Switch so much sometimes because it's just so snappy just to yeah. get in and out of games. So, but uh, but yeah, that that'll be uh, definitely a welcomed feature. I don't know what's even like my mind when I see a sixty frames per second game. I'm like, oh wow, that looks really fluid and really great. But my mind is trying to process what a one hundred and twenty frames <laughs> at eight K at eight. Uh, yeah, I on a hundred inch TV. It's great to be forward thinking, but <laughs> I don't know how many of us will have an eight K TV. But I guess I was saying that when four K was the thing. Holy crap! <laughs> I, I don't even know, but. Jeez, what is this? I always try to a- ask myself this question, like, what? Because I think when it came to the PS3, and the PS2, and the X, and the Xbox, and the X- Xbox 360, about what the questions of what a game can be because of the bigger hardware. You know, obviously you get games looking better and running faster, but what kind of games are possible because of that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. I feel like... And is it worth it? Like, does it add something that's like, wow, this is so much better because of this? That's my other question. Because I think of like a game like Skyrim was a great example for me of like, wow, I can see how the Xbox could have never done this. Yes. You know, but now the 360 is doing this and it's making my playtime so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Because I can see a mountain and I can ride up there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we've gone way past what Skyrim did back then, but... It was just, it made it that much more fun. Is the answer basically immersion? Is like, is that, because that's what we're usually going for. Is like, I, you feel so immersed yeah. into a world because in your head, you're, it, it feels more real. Feel You feel like you're more a part of the adventure when you're staring down a mountain and you don't see fog. You see the trees yeah. below in, yeah. in, in greater detail. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think we've reached a point at which it's really just polish you know i think it's just it's really cool that we're gonna get that and i think that's why load times has been something that they've pushed so much because i think it'll really make a difference in front of the consumer that they can tangibly see because it's like yeah if a world looks that much better it's really just 
wow, that looks really cool for the first like week. Yeah. And then you just like, it's just, you know, that's how it is. Because I remember moving from 360 to Xbox One, I played Call of Duty Ghosts. And I had played the last Call of Duty on 360, and then I opened up Ghosts, and I was like, holy crap, this looks so much better. Yeah. This is no longer 720p. This is like full HD. It just looks so much more crisp, and mm-hmm. the menu pops up so fast. And and then I just got completely used to it, and it's just, oh, whatever. That's when you notice when you go back, because yeah. then you're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Because like you play it, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's, it, it, it looks better, but, you know. And then you go back, and you're like, ooh. That really yeah. looks better. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it doesn't really make a tangible, huge difference in your playtime, I feel like. Yeah. It's just it's just cooler. But it's like load times and like actually being able to get in and out of a game, I think that will actually make somewhat of a difference. So I think yeah. that's the like sellable point that they can like sell these consoles on. So I don't know that it's gonna make that big a difference. I guess in my answer to your question, it's like mm-hmm. I think it'll be really nice, but I don't know. I think games like The Witcher are a great example of we are kind of at the point where an RPG can be whatever you want it to be at this point. Yeah. Like we have enough technology to where like the next thing I guess is going to be VR, but I don't know. We've reached this mountaintop of video games where I feel like it's as good as it really needs to be. Yeah. Like I, the I next level would be nice, but it's not really needed. Like when we're at like Xbox and a 360, yeah. We needed some improvement. But even then, you know, we'd made a huge difference from the N64. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we've made these huge leaps and bounds. And, like, from the 360 to the Xbox One or PS3 to PS4, you know, it's definitely better. And it's more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It looks better. But Skyrim's not that much different than The Witcher. And those two games, I think, are exactly 10 years apart. Yeah, Exactly. And think about about 97 to 2007. Like, that's a huge difference. So, yeah, No Man's Sky wouldn't have been possible on the PlayStation 2. And so that was a, it seems like that moving from that console to like the the console before. Well, that also has a lot to do with server power, being Uh able to use stuff in the cloud, Mm -hmm. which we didn't have internet fast enough to do it back then, too. Yeah. With the PS2. And the modems built into the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox were way too slow. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what it becomes. Because it, I think it, it's a little more exciting for gamers like us yeah. for the next console. Less so than the mainstream who's like, oh my God, look what they can do now. It's going to mm-hmm. be just like, oh, that's even prettier. <laughs> exactly. I, I remember when I was younger, like when you're excited about a game, you show it to your parents. And, you, and you'd show it to your yeah. I'd, I'd show it to my mom. And I remember she was like, holy crap, when yeah. I showed her uh, Mario 64. Yeah. And then when I'd show her something on like, That say, was something nobody had ever seen. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, you're moving around. It's How? a 3D world. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he got to like stuff like PlayStation 2, she's like, okay, that looks, that looks really good. Then PlayStation, and then PlayStation 3, she's, Kind of like, okay, at that point. You know, that really, That's, at that, that looks point. looks a lot like what you, you showed me last time, Exactly. Jordan. Then it's huge to us. It's a huge <laughs> yeah. difference to us as far as that goes. But, yeah. Because yeah, we care so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see, like, what's is when are we going to push technology so far to where it puts us in a point where we're like, wow, we're doing things in games that we've never done before. Right. The way, the way that was. But... I mean, and I'm not just talking about like VR because we're at that point already, and it's. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
I think that's been the question for a couple of years now, whether or not VR really is the future. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think if it is going to be the future, I think whatever it is has not been invented yet. The thing that people like, you know, really like stop doing the old thing and like move to the new thing. Because mm-hmm. to me so far, like VR is a novelty. I've played it a couple of times. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun, but it's not something I'd want to do for a long time. You know, I couldn't do that the same amount of time I could sit on my couch, and play Halo or <laughs> Call of Duty or something. So for that reason, I think it's it's not quite there yet, but yeah something something may be invented that will change all that maybe i mean the thing with me in vr it's like you're trading immersion for seclusion you know, and so it's like yeah. you're in the space all alone you can't interact with the environment around you in the real world obviously yeah. and usually they're in these experiences that aren't like very communal like there's a very a lot of communal games but yeah. vr isn't a part of a lot of them which is probably why the no man's sky thing excites a lot of people because it's becoming more communal as it's becoming yeah. more immersive for the people who have VR. But the we'll, list of VR we'll games see. is still pretty short, honestly. Yeah. For as long as it's been out. Like, we've had a few things. Doom VR. We had that Batman experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a, a few, like, you know, indie games that have been really good. But there hasn't been, like, the Fortnite. Then, like, yeah, it, which is strange. because they ported older games like Skyrim. But yeah. I think just, they did Doom. There hasn't been, like, a game yeah. where it's, like... This is the VR game that's going to get you into VR. There's been nothing like that. It's just, this is a cool game that you could play on VR. A lot of it seems like a demo for what, yeah. for VR. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you pop in a demo disc back on the PlayStation 1, a lot yeah. of it feels like games like that. Which it's like, not like, like The Witcher and Cyberpunk are a good example of like a studio who knows what these consoles are. Like knows what yeah. video gaming is. And it's like... I guess VR just isn't old enough for somebody to be like, I know what VR is, so I'm taking it to the next level. This is a game of games. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, not, definitely. I guess, I guess part of that is just there's not that history, but I don't know. I'll be interested to see where VR goes eventually, but I'm, I'm afraid we're just not there yet. Yeah, it's like we're going through different phases of experimentation. I think motion control didn't really catch on the way... People thought it was when the Wii was a big success. It's really died, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot, every Connect console. just most recently. Yeah. And so everyone's kind of being like, what's going to be the big thing as far as that's concerned? And it usually kind of all just comes back to two hands and a controller. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. We can always be surprised, and it could be uh, Ready Player One before we know it. But who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Anyways, coming to 2028, the Oasis. <laughs> That's a scary future. Yeah, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> anyway, I think that's uh, that about does it, and we'll obviously probably come back to this topic at some point when we oh yeah when we learn more. But yeah, next E three should be very eye opening. Yes, indeed, I'm sure it will be, and maybe even uh, towards the end of uh, the year when yeah. uh, play, uh, Sony has their thing with a PSX. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. But anyways, Luke, it's been good talking about it. For sure. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, give us a like on a like. We're not on YouTube. <laughs> like and subscribe. Well, I mean, you can subscribe, but give us that five star like. review. Facebook. Thumbs up. <laughs> like us on Facebook. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you, if you enjoy it, share it around. You know the things that people say that uh, say it helps them. So, yeah, just do all those things. That would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, have a good week, guys. And, Luke, I'll see you next time. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Improperly Packaged. You can follow us on Twitter at iPackage, or you can follow me at PaintMeJordan. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might want to check out another show we do called Breakfast with Candles, a show where Luke and I talk about a different John Hughes movie every week. Thanks for listening. See you next time.